today's episode 11, I got a gentleman who's been around Central Texas basketball for a long time, and he's wrote about the young ladies out here in Central Texas. He's a former coach himself. Um, guy has some good skills and some good knowledge. So could everyone please welcome Joseph Dean to today's podcast. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, Everett. How you doing, my man? Man, I, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm just trying to make it, man, and try to one day be able to be like you and retire for good. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how that, that goes, man. And this is, man, I, this is the interview, man, I've been wanting to do since I first started this thing back in March. And uh, But you're a hard brother to reach, man. Well, I'm glad we got a chance to get together uh, on election night, especially. Right, because so, uh, I didn't need to I'm watch the election anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm excited. I'm, gl I'm glad to be on with you. I appreciate it. So, Joe, before we get into the Q&A session, can you um, give our listeners a little information on your background um, and what are you doing today? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've uh, been around Central Texas basketball for a very long time. Um, my daughter uh, actually got me off into uh, basketball. Um, she okay. wanted to play basketball and, and at a very young age and uh, told me that, you know, she was pretty good at it. And uh, I used to kind of laugh at her, actually. And uh, she spent a lot of time at the park with her brothers. And, and um, so I put her in the uh, South Austin Recreation Youth League. Okay. And um, I would go out on Saturdays, man, and I would watch her play. And I would say, you know, wow, th th this kid can, can, can play some basketball. Okay. And um, so that's kind of where it started for me. And um, from that point, man, I, I put together um, a little team and uh, I oversaw the uh, girls program for Texas D1 Ambassadors, okay. um, which is still one of the largest programs in the country, uh, mostly on the boys' side. Um, Max Ivany, who runs that program, um, you know, entrusted me to, to do great things with the girls. So that's how I actually got started in it, um, you know, with that D1 Ambassadors program and, and, and coached a lot of kids in the Central Texas area. Um, and really it was, you know, because my daughter really got me off into it. Okay. And uh, so I haven't coached in a while, uh, even, <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just, you know, ordinary guy just working every day, living the dream. Yes. And I uh, still follow, you know, women's basketball at every level. Um, but, um, you know, that's, that, that's how I got into it. Okay. And uh, did a lot, you know, in the Central Texas area. Okay. So that was one, my next question I was going to ask you, what inspired, what inspired you to get into coaching? But it actually was your daughter that got you, inspired you to get into coaching. Yeah, yeah. It, it was my daughter. You know, she wanted to play and, and she said she always wanted to play at a high level. And uh, so that's what really inspired me to really get into it. Um, and then found a lot of other girls in the area, you know, that was really interested, um, you know, in playing at a high level and uh, put together a little team, man. They was all like fourth graders at the time and uh, coached a lot of those kids, you know, all the way through. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but that inspiration mainly came from my daughter. Um, okay. And then I really got into it and, and you know, started coaching the other young ladies, uh, it, it just became even more inspirational. Yeah, I, I remember um, when I first met you or saw your teens um, playing, uh, my daughter was playing for another program and I was like, oh man, y'all y'all can go. And then and they played against you guys and then seeing my daughter playing against your daughter, I was like, whoa, this is gonna be some good basketball for the next couple of years out here, man. So. 
it takes a lot to get into coaching, man, and um, and especially in this area. I think this area is underserved, biased. And what I mean by underserved, I mean by some really, really good quality coaches and coaches that really have these young ladies' well-being in, the, in their train of thought. Uh, would you agree with that or, or would you not agree with that statement? Well, um, you know, I, I think it's underserved um, really from a uh, skill development standpoint. Okay. Um, I, I think we do have some, some pretty good coaches in the area. Um, of course, you know, not everybody's a good coach or a great coach. Um, but, you know, over the years, you know, what I saw really was, you know, where's the development, you know, of the player? Um, you know, I, I see a lot of skilled trainers, you know, who get kids, you know, in the 10th and 11th grade who already could play and, and you know, they claim, you know, uh, their development. Um, but I really like to see those guys who get the kids in the fourth and fifth grade and take them all the way through and you can really see the elevation, you know, in their skill set. Right. Um, and game. So I, I do think it's underserved and mostly really from a skill development standpoint. And, and I think that uh, it just takes more than someone being on the sidelines and, and, and yelling and screaming or, or calling plays. But it, it, it's that time in the dark where you're teaching that kid, you know, uh, different screen roll actions. You know, what do you do when you come off the screen and the person hedges? You know, that's where I think that we're really, you know, was underserved in the Central Texas area. Yeah, um, I think I kind of agree with that that statement too. It's, it's, it's the development part because I think from what I'm seeing, man, you know, we have had some talent in this area, you know, and during these times that I have met you and my daughter and your daughter was roaming the sidelines. So, Joe, at some point you, you stopped coaching and you started writing for PBR and writing about the girls in Central Texas. What made you make that switch? Well, you know, when my daughter, um, you know, made the transition um, to really get deep into club basketball, um, you know, I was being pulled away, you know, to go cover different tournaments. Mm -hmm. Well, my daughter might not play in that tournament, you know, and I had a great relationship, you know, with Joey Simmons um, and Premier Basketball Report, which is a great organization. You know, those guys are doing such tremendous things uh, even till today. Um, have a lot of respect for Joey and, and the team down at PBR. Um, but Joey gave me an opportunity. Um, and he said, you know, hey, man, I, I noticed you guys come to my tournaments. Uh, I really like what you do. And, and I need somebody, you know, to do some writing for me and, and scouting. Um, so I did a lot of scouting um, for PBR. Um, and But what made me make the switch was really I could follow my daughter at the same time. Okay. Um, because I, I could cover tournaments that she was actually playing in. Um, and I covered a lot of tournaments for PBR all across the country. Um, so that was, you know, really exciting. Spent a lot of days in the gym, you know, watching her play. And then I would still sit in the gym hours and hours, you know, after she was done, still scouting, you know, talent from all across the country. So it really, you know, everything revolved around my daughter at the time. Um, okay. That's what made me make the switch. Okay. Yeah, I remember you made that switch, but I think I had a bone to pick with you, man, on your first top 10 <laughs> selection in Central Texas, man. You had my baby number eight, dude. I, that, yeah, I was kind of ticked off at you about that, man. Well, you know what? Uh, you wasn't the only one, man. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, doing what we do, um, you know, that, that, you know, you're not going to be able to please everyone. Right. You know, um, 
you know, I'm a dad. I always want my daughter to be number one, you know, um, on any report, any ranking. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's really just not the case. And, and you know, I always try to be honest and, and really give an overall, you know, evaluation, you know, of a kid. Um, you know, kids could score 30 points a game. And to me, you know, that doesn't actually make that person the best you know, in the area or in the country just because they scored 30 points a game. So it, it was really well-rounded, you know, um, evaluations. Um, and, you know, I had a few parents, you know, uh, take a few shots at me on Twitter and, 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 you know, some text messages, you know, but it didn't, you know, it didn't bother me. You know, I kept pushing and kept going. So. Yeah, I, I know it's a subjective limit, but I, I know she should have yeah. been in the top three, man. We both know that. <laughs> it wasn't too many girls. Of, it wasn't too many girls of her up above her that was better than her, but but I still got love for you, brother, though, because you came back with some good articles about her later on. So, man, you kind of made amends for that first one. So I give you that one, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, and. Y'all know we haven't talked lately. I, I don't know how far, how involved are you with basketball in Central Texas now. But for me, man, I have a big problem with all – I'm just going to speak in Texas because this is where we are. This is where you and I live. But I've been having an issue with all these clubs playing during this pandemic thing, man. It just – to me, I just think, like, these people don't value these kids' lives, you know, about that so what do you think about this when these clubs that you know of we both know that these clubs play especially during the summertime when it was real high what is your opinion on, on that matter um you know to be honest with you yeah I, I you know i really don't look at the clubs um you know because I, I don't think that clubs control kids and families um you know i really look at it from a parenting standpoint um you know if you're a parent um, and you want to allow your kid to go out during a pandemic um, and have close contact, and, you know, and play club ball, you know, by all means, you as a parent have that right, you know, even though you know what the consequences may be for your kid or even for yourself, you know, you have that right as a parent, right. you know, and, and the clubs, you know, they have a right, you know, to run their clubs. And not all kids did want to play, but there was a lot of kids that wanted to play. Um, and those clubs are offering those kids those opportunities. Um, so I, I really didn't look at the clubs. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a faithful follower on Twitter of, of, of probably a thousand basketball clubs across the country, um, you know, and evaluators and, and different folks. And, you know, I really just look at it from a parenting standpoint, you know, um, for me, I didn't want my daughter out there. Now, of course, my daughter, you know, had graduated from college, you know, but even when she was here during the pandemic, I really limited her on where she could go and what workouts she could do. Right. Keep in mind, you know, that she was preparing herself for a professional career, you know, so I had to keep that in mind. So, you know, I just really looked out, you know, for the safety of my individual child. Um, and, and that's kind of how I look at it really from a parenting standpoint. And I'll never judge those guys in the clubs, you know, that, that you know, went to tournaments and, and did all of those things. You know, right. that's what they do. Trying uh, to help kids, put, you know, get themselves in a better position. So I really look at it, you know, from a parenting standpoint. You know, how safe are you being as a parent, 
You know, are you teaching your kids to take the precautions during the pandemic? You know, are you sanitizing your hands and washing your hands and wearing your mask and, and trying to keep as much social distancing, you know, as possible? So, you know, um, you know, kudos to those guys that, that you know, ran their clubs and, and, you know, got kids some more exposure and kudos to those parents, you know, who really took the safety precautions to help protect their kids and their families. Um, and kudos to those parents who did not allow their kids, you know, to be involved in that because, you know, of the consequences that could have happened to, you know, their kid or to someone in their family. So for me, it's really, you know, all about the individual parent um, because I think that's where it all starts is with the parent. Yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't say club, but I, I do build, <clears throat> excuse me, like you're right, it's about the parents. But at the time when all these clubs was playing, I don't see how club directors or coaches can say I'm help, I'm exposing my kids when during the time couldn't no colleges coaches come out. College coaches can come out to the end of August. So how are you playing in these tournaments? You're exposing your kids to other coaches from college level when they can't even come out in the first place. So that's just me. All I know if if Troy was playing right now, Troy would have never played this summer. Never. Yeah. I would never put my daughter out there no matter because the whole thing about this virus is that, yeah, young people that do have caught it and have recovered from it, but the whole thing about this particular virus is that not even the professionals know what is the long-term effect of this virus. So I think, yeah. to me, I just thought that was selfish on some parents' parts and some of these coaches' part on allowing that. Because for me, being a former coach, if I would have been playing and had my kids play right now and something happened to one of them kids, and I would never be able to live with myself. Never be able yeah. to live with myself. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the right. hardest feel, man. You know, and, and that's what I'm thinking about is because they ain't there. So, Joe, I got another big question for you because you and I have talked about this in, in, the, in the past over the years. But <clears throat> I'm going to say somewhere between maybe like 2012 to 2015, somewhere near maybe 2011, you know, there was a talk in Central Texas that instead of having all our girls, these talented girls that we have here separated playing on all these several teams, there was a talk and it was a big talk going on about trying to get the best of the best that we had here in Central Texas and put that team together and then to be able to go up to the Metroplex in Houston and complete with the very top of the top teams in those areas and then some other parts of the country. And I know your daughter was involved in that discussion, as was mine. In your opinion, I would like to know what happened. Why did we never, why were we wasn't able to pull that off? Um, you know, every man, I, you know, it, it's interesting you asked that question. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a really long conversation uh, with a good friend of mine, Billy James, uh, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Um, Billy James actually coached with me um, with D1 Ambassadors. Really great guy, um, very well-rounded, um, always had the kids' uh, best interest at heart. <clears throat> you know, and we were talking about that. We were really talking about, like, man, Central Texas has so much talent. Yes. And I mean, we, we had a lot of talent. Um, and, and I'll be honest, Everett, you know, um, I was at the very center um, of all of those discussions. Um, I believe that I was the one who actually initiated those okay. discussions uh, with a few of the club guys in town uh, here in the Austin area. And, um, 
you know, the more that I think about it, you know, and I go back, um, the more that I've matured, you know, okay. as an individual, um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I screw that up. Um, you know, I, oh, really? I, I had some conversations, uh, you know, with, with, with a couple of guys here in the, the central Texas area. And, um, at the time, man, I, I, I believe that I was really on top of my game. I was the only one that was blogging about kids, um, you know, writing articles, you know, getting information from newspapers. They were sharing information. I was sharing information with them. Um, and, you know, I got big headed. I, I really did. You know, really? I, could, okay. I, could, I could admit that. Um, and, and, you know, there was one particular conversation actually that broke it all up. Um, and I'll never forget, I was sitting in my kitchen um, on a call, you know, with several people that night. Um, and I pretty much told them, this is the way it's going to be. You know, you don't run anything. Um, I'm running all of this, you know, and if you don't commit, I'm just going to take your kids anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely put that on myself. And, and that actually broke the whole conversation um, and, and just never, ever materialized after that. Um, you know, and, and kudos to those guys. Those guys are legends and pioneers to me in Central Texas. They're still, you know, going strong. They, they've coached a lot of kids, helped a lot of kids achieve their dreams, um, you know, and they're still doing it right now today. So, you know, I'll take the hit for that one. Uh, I'm mature enough to take the hit for that one, uh, Coach E. Um, okay. But, you know, when I, when I really go back and think about it, you know, I could point fingers and say, this person did this, this person did that. But um, at the time, I was in the position because those guys really wanted to work with me um, because I was in a position to help a lot of kids. Um, and I blew it. Um, I just blew it, Coach E. Wow, Joe. I mean, <clears throat> I never knew... Cause you know me and Joe King talk all the time, and we and every now and then this that discussion will come up, and we never knew what really really happened, and and I can say, man, you can I can see the maturity in you because it takes a lot for you to come on here and say, hey, I screwed that up, you know, because most people won't do that, you know, most people are just gonna point figures, but man, I got a lot of respect for you on on that level, cause until tonight, Joe. I we never knew what happened to that because I'm looking at man we had your baby my baby we had Taylor Ross we had Jordan Holmes from Crockett we had the, the, some of the girls from we had some talented girls out here yeah. from 2011 until 2015 we had some talented some serious ballers in this area. you know yeah. we had John Higgs we had all them girls in that area man yeah we 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 had enough. We had enough to produce actually two high-level teams. Yes. Because uh, at the time, you know, I had Kiara Etheridge out of Marble Falls. Um, I had the girls out of New Bronzeville that were really good. Um, you know, I ended up with Kat from Henderson and, and, and Smalls. We, we call her Smalls, but uh, Haley. So it was a lot of talent. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, and, um, you, know, I, you know, like I said, I, I said, hey, look, you know, it's going to be this way. Um, or as I'm just going to come after all the kids myself because I had the resources at the time right. to be able to, to do that. Um, you know, and, and I screwed that up. I, I could have been a little bit more patient, um, a little bit more mature about the situation and really tried to collaborate with those guys and really build something special. 
Um, You know, and one of the things that, you know, we wanted to do was brand it pretty much under a different name. Okay. Um, And I wasn't tolerating that. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be the D1 ambassadors and that's going to be, and we're going to wear these uniforms, we're going to wear these shoes, and and I'm going to lead this whole thing. Uh, And when I go back and think about it, you know, that collaboration that, that didn't happen, uh, we missed a really special moment. Do I regret yeah. it? No, I, I, I don't regret it. Um, but we did really uh, miss a special moment. Uh, and I've, you know, had multiple conversations and laughed and talked with those guys over the right. years. Right. Uh, I go, you know, my daughter, you know, when she come home, that's one event that she will always go to every time she came home from college. Mm-hmm. I got to go to this event, you know, because she would see a lot of her old friends and things right. like that. Um, and I would also attend that event with her and, and get a lot of love from those guys, you know. Um, and uh, no shame, you know. Um, you know, I, it's Speedy, Fonzel, you know, great, great pioneers in Central Texas. You know, um, the Roy Greens, you know, who done some good things in Central Texas. You know, Brenton, who done some good things in Central Texas. You know, and, and we all, over the years, you know, the particular year that you're talking about, um, was more so me and, and, and Speedy and Fonzel. But over the years, you know, um, just collaborating uh, with those guys, you know, was a challenge for me. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I was in a position, you know, to help everybody do some things. And, and I got the big head and um, it just didn't work out. So, yeah, it, it, it happens. So I got two more questions for you. One of my, I didn't, it wasn't prepared. Back when our daughters was roaming Central Texas, to the day. Do you see a big talent drop? Cause for me, after 2015, man, that, to me, into the last four or five years, man, the talent drop is just not here in Central Texas. Now, granted, I don't go to a lot of games, but I'm just, you know, the ones I have went to, I'm like, wow, this looked totally different. What do you, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I would say um, after the 2016 class, mm-hmm. um, okay. where I really saw the talent drop, um, my wife is a faithful basketball person. So for years, um, after my daughter stopped playing, she continued to go to games. Um, right. and you know, maybe, you know, during basketball season once a month, you know, I would, you know, go with her on a Friday night. Um, and, and I particularly was at, um, uh, Aikens high school this night <clears throat> and I was watching, you know, some, some games and right. I was like, wow, like, like, where's the talent? <laughs> Like there was, you know, the talent level had fell way off, you know, way off, you know, when I go back and look at the days of the Troy Swains and, you know, the Japrices, right. the Taylor Crosses, you know, the Kiana Rays, you know, the Michaela's, um, you know, so it had fell way off. Now, I have not attended a girls high school basketball game uh, in a couple of years. Right. Um, I've been at a couple of boys games, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and saw some really, really good talent, um, you know, especially at a young age. But, uh, yeah, I did notice that, man, a couple of years ago when I did attend the games. And I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, it points back to what I opened with about the, you know, the development, you know, of the kids. Right. Um, how, how much time are they willing to devote to their, their skill set, you know, and their craft? Right. Um, and if they're willing to do that, you know, then who do you have 
developing you for your craft and who are you working with. Right. So, yeah, so I think that that's key. Yeah, I, I do too. And, and the last question I got for you, Joe, um, in your humble opinion, being, being a coach mean what to you? Wow. Um, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of relate it, you know, to what I do every day, ever, um, because um, I, I, you know, I consider what I do for a living. It's pretty much I'm a coach. Um, and I, I just think being a good coach, <laughs> I'll say a good coach. Okay. Uh, that means, you know, that means being a leader. Um, you know, that means being positive. That means being enthusiastic. That means being supportive of your players. When we look at what's happening in the world now, you right. know, and I, you know, look through Twitter and I see, you know, how a lot of the coaches uh, at the collegiate level, high school level are really supportive uh, of their players. You know, when we had the George Floyd uh, deal down in Minnesota, you know, yeah. how many coaches came out and, and spoke up and supported their players. Um, you got to be trusting. You know, your players have to trust you. They have to trust that you're going to do right. Um, so you definitely got to be trusting. Um, you got to be focused. You got to be focused on what's right, you know, because where your energy goes, your focus, where your energy flows, that's where your focus goes. Right. Um, you got goal oriented um, and, and not just goal oriented, but you got to be results oriented. You got to be able to drive results and you have to teach those young players how to get results, whether it's on or off the court. Um, I think you have to be knowledgeable. You have to be very observant. And, and, and look at players and understand body language because, you know, a lot of times we communicate with the body versus speaking words out of our mouth. You got to be respectful to your players. You know, um, yes, I'm older than you and you are a young adult, but you have to be respectful to your players. You got to respect them. You got to respect their decisions. You got to respect their opinions. You got to listen. You may not agree with them all, but you have to respect those young folks. Um, you know, and you just really, really, really have to be patient. Um, you know, you know, you got learning curves when you're trying to teach. Um, you know, everybody's learnings is different. Everybody doesn't learn the same way, uh, the same way. And then you really have to be a great communicator. Um, if you're a great communicator, that's really going to help you build relationships with your players. And life is all about building relationships. Um, no matter what you do, how you look at it. Life is all about building relationships. And as a coach, if you can't build relationships with your players, you're never going to get the buy-in. If you don't get the buy-in, you're never going to be able to drive the results you want to drive, whether it's on the court or off the court. And, and man, that, that's excellent. That's exactly what I feel. Because I'm, I'm always been that type of guy in, or, or coach or whatever that's saying you just have to have a positive impact with all your players um, for life beyond sports, beyond that sport that you're teaching them. And if you can't do that, then I tell a lot of people, y'all need to get out of coaching. But you have been one of them cats, man, um, that um, I think you have done things the right way for the most part. Um, I, I can tell that, um, you know, you care about your players and your, you know, former players, current players and, and all that whatnot during the times that I saw you and was in the gyms with you. So um, I take you, my hats off to you, man, for always trying to, do right for these young ladies here in Central Texas. Whether I agree with some of the stuff or not, you still walk to your own thing, did what you thought what was best um, for the young ladies that you came in contact. And then once you start doing what um, 
PBR, um, you did it even more for the girls in Central Texas. So, brother, thank you, man, and, and thank you for coming on for my show today, brother. I truly appreciate you, man, and continued success and continued success for your daughter, man, and um, God bless you, brother. Hey, thank you so much, E. I really appreciate the time. All right, man. Be good, man. Take care of you. All right, you too. All right. Everybody that's out there coaching and doing it right, continue doing it right, and God bless you all. Coach E out. Bye-bye, Joe. All right, lady. Peace.